0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Now and Zen podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Gugu Sleep Company and by Dream Drive. We all know getting a great sleep is important, and this is what Gugu is all about. Super comfortable mattresses at very affordable prices and delivered to your home for free. They back up their best sleep ever promise with a 100-night money-back guarantee. Learn more at Gugu.jp and enter the coupon code ZEN for your 20% discount. Gugu, better sleep, better you. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2021 and welcome to the podcast. This episode, we start the year off with a great guest, Mr. Matthias Sutter, He is the representative director, Shangri-La Hotels Japan, and the general manager of the Shangri-La Hotel Tokyo. Today we dive into hospitality in Japan and how it compares to other Asian markets he's worked. Fascinating insight on why different nationalities have different expectations of customer service. His opinion on the keys to creating a great customer experience. We talk about how his early hotel experience in food and beverage crafted his sense of hospitality today, and we discuss TripAdvisor, hotel reviews, and the guest comments he likes the most. Finally, I offer my free unsolicited business idea for the Shangri-La Hotel Tokyo. This was recorded at a social distance just before Christmas, so don't mind the Christmas music in the background. It soon fades out. If you are curious about how luxury hotel general managers think, practice, and teach customer service and hospitality, this episode is a must-listen for you. Direct from Tokyo, this is Now in Zen with Matthias Sutter.
1: If I say you have a day job, it's like... You have a big day job. <laughs> you know, everybody has to have a hobby. That's true, that's yeah? true. That's you true. have to have an
0: interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'm so impressed. And I like meeting people. And we all have a lot of experiences... Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to maybe utilize that and get some interesting content for prosperity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. I am with Matthias Sutter. We are here in the Shangri-La Hotel in Tokyo. He is the representative director for the Shangri-La Hotels Japan and is the general manager for the Shangri-La Hotel Tokyo. Matthias, welcome to the podcast. Good evening, Andrew, and thank you very much for having me. I'm really happy and excited to talk with you today. I really love nice hotels, and I'm fascinated by the hospitality industry, mainly because I believe all businesses, not just hotels, can benefit from hospitality and that it's a differentiator
1: for their business. Yeah, I think it is probably like customer service. Even though we are getting more and more into an online business, customer service is still key and why people make certain decisions and become, on the end, loyal to the brand. is probably very often because of the first interaction with the individual person they had, not necessarily the product experience firsthand. And I think in a hotel where you have millions of touch points every day, it's uh, it's an Eldorado for customer service. I like that. Eldorado for customer (laughs) service. I'm not sure when I last time used the word, the Eldorado, but I think it's like um, the Shangri-La. I should have maybe used the Shangri-La of customer service. That would have been probably more a bit of branded. Yeah, I like it. We'll stick. It would sound too commercial. So uh, Eldorado is like really, there is an endless variety of, of the things, and here it's in terms of customer service. I love it. You've managed hotels for Hyatt, Peninsula,
0: Marriott, obviously now here at the Shangri-La. What are a couple things that you passionately believe are key to creating a great
1: guest experience? I think you just said it actually, one at least already, which is passion. I think in our industry, we are not known for being the most rewarding financially or having the most holidays. Or the least hours. So I think, what is it what drives us? And I think it's the passion. So it's the passion to look after other guests and get actually pretty much the instant recognition and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's the first key, having the passion and the sincere care to uh, to create for other guests' uh, experience and very often the friendship. Nice. I think there's a fine line
0: between being professional and formal but also being a little bit
1: friendly and informal. Yes, very, very true. And uh, sometimes it gets a bit cloudy or it's, it comes into each other. And, uh, but there's, I think, one basic rule. I always, what I heard once, or what my teacher told me 25 years ago, and I think the same thing I said to my colleagues is never talk to guests about three things. Three things are never talk about religion, sex, and politics. Yeah, Because even though it's probably the most three interesting parts to talk about, mm-hmm. but there will always be a moment where you don't agree anymore and where it may go sour. So these are the three things. Sometimes sports get in there too, but yeah. sports is a bit of a different league. So sports is okay. Sports might be more applicable for Europeans maybe. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I know what you mean. There's that national rivalry yeah. that you have in Europe that... That uh, you don't have in the states, so maybe that's why you say don't talk about sports. Maybe.
1: Yeah, but like I said I think sports is okay. Sports is fine because you can you can redirect it. It's easy to be devil's advocate in sport, and it depends on the sport too. I mean, if it's like synchronized swimming,
0: I mean, who cares, right? Ah, uh, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not me, but I'm sure there are people who really are passionate about synchronized swimming. I was just joking, but you know, I. I'm in retail, and I teach hospitality to Mm -hmm. my store managers. Yes. You know, we just talked about being professional and formal, but also being a little friendly and casual. There's a mix there, and you said it's a fine line. In Japanese, there's this phrase that I really like, kukio yomu, Mm -hmm. which means to read the air, or be aware of your surroundings, be aware of the situation. One of the keys of hospitality is for our store managers to read the air. Yeah same in
1: the in the in the hotel business absolutely and i think you make a good point and i think what's what what reminds me when i listen to you is also that each culture is very different right and i think um, in japan we have i think it's the pinnacle of perfection and the service delivery but because it's such a strong culture and, and the system is so in place the reading in the air is not always easy but i think it's always a bit more on the too formal side So it's fine. I think if you're not able to read the air and you're too casual, then it really becomes an obstacle and and a a discomfort of the guests. And that's what you often see in in other parts of the world, where people don't get too comfortable and then don't read the air when you actually disturb a date, right? right? That's a good point. So being professional and being formal is a good default. I I think it's a safe one. Yeah. It's a you rather be overdressed than underdressed, right? Goes in the same. It's nobody blames you for being overdressed. Right. You can always take off your necktie later. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Do you think different nationalities have a different interpretation of what hospitality is, or what constitutes?
1: a memorable guest experience. Absolutely. I think it's a great point. And we have uh, all the different hotel chains that have these guest surveys, right? Mm. And they obviously get more and more sophisticated. You can sort them by which floor the guest was, which room, and, you know, it's the same comment coming from the same room. And obviously you can also divide it by by, uh, nationality. And uh, it is a proven fact that Americans are always uh, helping to get the score up. And that's simply because in America they are not as used to the service level, let's say, all over Asia is existing. And then you see other nationalities which pull down your score always because there are more, if I may say, they're expecting more, more demanding, if I may use that word. So the culture, definitely. And interesting that you say that, it just brings me a little example. In one of the hotels I used to work, uh, I was in China, in Shanghai, I was an assistant director for the beverage, and my colleague, I was also an assistant director for the Bouch. He was from Hong Kong, I was from Switzerland. And if we get a complaint coming up the ranks from the manager and say, hey, we have a guest complaint, one of the first questions was, where's the guest from? Really? And the reason is, then you understand his motif of the complaint very often. And then is also the second point, is that then we decided who goes to see the guest. Because it was easier for me to interact with a Western guest, and it was easier for him, obviously, to interact with an uh, Asian guest and one other example was in Korea I was and I had a guest who uh, complained it was a, my manager called me and says you know a guest complains like, what, what about what he says yeah about the croissant I'm like ah oh, is the guest Japanese huh, how do you know I'm like, because in Japan, the croissants taste better than here in Korea. So, oh, Korea, the food is very good. But the croissant specifically, I remember, was it's just in Japan. It's as good as it gets. Right. But obviously, if this is your benchmark and you go somewhere else and it's not like that, right. obviously, you're not happy. And uh, so, it, it helps to mm-hmm. deal afterwards and how, how you understand how the guests may think. And what is important to the guest also when you actually try to reminisce the issue. Yeah, that's a good point right there, too. How you
0: apologize or how you solve the problem is also a cultural thing. Hmm. In Japan, the default is to apologize. A lot of people like the apology, whereas Americans, for the most part, of course an apology is okay, but I just want the problem fixed. I just want it resolved. You can apologize all day long, but if the problem isn't resolved, I'm not happy. Culturally, if you just try to solve it without apologizing to a Japanese, they're not going to be happy. No, it's not going to. And if you just continually a- apologize to an American and don't and don't fix it, they're not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? True, true.
1: Very, very, very true.
0: Your first roles in the hospitality industry were in the food and beverage area of yep. hotels. F&B, for eight years. Do you think getting your start in food and beverage... Helped you craft
1: a more heightened sense of hospitality and guest experience? Very interesting question. And if you look at the last 30 years, who was a GM? I think if you 20 years ago, I think 80% probably were from F and B. Uh, and over the years it changed the dynamic of what is required from a general manager. And also, of course, which brand and which chain you you are um, you're joining. In the earlier days, I'm still a believer, obviously, the way I did it. And I think it comes because the guest experience... You can learn about rooms, you can learn probably quicker than about F&B. If you don't know about wine, the spirits, the food, the beverage, it's going to be difficult if you not go down that path, if you go in one of the other two pillars, which is rooms or administration, then it's going to be difficult to, to pick that skills ever up. And if you are a general manager, you entertain a lot of guests... And it's expected that you know what you're eating, what you have in your hands, and maybe once in a while you have to have a story for it. And if you never had that, that part is missing. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I try to also say is that it has changed the needs of a of a general manager, for example. While in the older days, I think it was definitely f driven, now you see a uh, general manager coming from revenue management coming up. So it becomes really often also a, a number. It's a business. It's because it's a business entity, right? So it comes more from a business angle. So F&B has lost a little bit its power, if I may say so. Yeah.
0: I think a parallel might yeah. be in business. I have a
1: sales background.
0: Yeah. Grew up in sales. When I was in companies where the president or the top management came from a sales background, Mm. I really liked their philosophy, felt more empowered, more recognized, and I was more encouraged to do my job. Yes. When I was in companies where the head of the company or the top management came from a financial background, there wasn't as much feeling of appreciation for what you do in sales because that's what all sales people want they, just, they want to be recognized for the great sales they <laughs> did that month you know yeah. it's all about ringing that bell would that be similar in the hotel industry as absolutely. well absolutely
1: i think uh, you saw my early ranks i was uh, a long time with the Hyatt, which at that time i think were, were leading in and hospitality i think they do still very good but at that time, it was really, they came up with concept in Singapore, Mesa 9, uh, you know, with a super potato, uh, which is still today one of the most successful restaurants in Singapore. Yeah. And that was, the whole company was very F&B driven, right? The, 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 who was the president? The president was a uh, previous chef. So it was, it can't be more F&B driven than, than that way. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And obviously this is, Excitement. This is uh, rewarding, as you say, because everybody understands. But having had that track, I really appreciated, and, and I learned tremendously from this. But now, actually, it has to be ch- the time has also changed, mm-hmm. and obviously, the company—I mean—is very, I would say, entrepreneurial. Is an owner itself. We own most of our, a lot of the assets, so we look at it very differently. Yeah. So my my leaders, as you mentioned before, they have more financial background. Which, at my stage now, my age, my point is, I, I prefer that. I can learn something new, and it's also something which, on the end, is crucial to succeed. Or sometimes, as we are at the moment, is mainly to survive, right? Yeah. During this uh, pandemic. It's interesting you mentioned that about
0: Hyatt. I've always been a really big fan of Hyatt hotels. Part of it is because they have a lot of great restaurants. They usually have a nice bar that has a band. So each hotel chain kind of has their own DNA. DNA. Yes, yeah. Funny story about Hyatt. When I was in college, when I first started university, I took a public speaking course. Yeah. This is in the late 1980s. Hyatt had just launched their gold passport membership program. Yeah. But back then, it was rare. It was yeah. one of the first ones. And they didn't have categories. They just had one. It was the Hyatt gold passport. There was no bronze or diamond level. There was just one level. And when you signed up, you got this brass luggage tag that had a leather strap on it. And you got some coupons. And so I was taking this public speaking course. And in public speaking, you always have to give a persuasion speech. Yeah. And most of the people would talk about oh you need to wear seat belts or you shouldn't smoke cigarettes or something very logical like this my persuasive speech was why you should join the Hyatt Gold Passport membership program <laughs> Afterwards three people actually came up to me and said hey how do I sign up for that so Well you've you've managed hotels in China Korea Singapore, Thailand, and now Japan. How does working in the Japanese hospitality market, how does it differ from these other Asian countries? Because they also have a very
1: high standard of hospitality and service as well. Yes, I think it's, it's totally different. I mean, it's each country has it's totally different dynamic. Like you said before, totally different culture. So you, if you want me to compare two, you really have to single out two. Because like I said, each of them is very different like in Korea you are the, the the associates are extremely efficient it's an amazing efficient country while obviously sometimes you have to and if I say efficient it's also sometimes shortcuts but smart shortcuts not lazy shortcuts but sometimes certain shortcuts then are too far and then it it's it results in a not as positive guest experience as you wish to achieve yeah uh, in Singapore I think it's more the challenge on the... Uh, in Singapore is a bit similar to Switzerland because the domestic don't necessarily work in hospitality. So it's hard to find the talent. Then the restrictions are there that a certain amount needs to be domestic. So, But then you don't find... It's hard to find them. So you have a there's a lot of labour challenges in, in Singapore, for example, at the time I was there at least. Yeah. I'm not sure how it's now. I hope it's better. And in Thailand you have really... Some of the really sincere, kindest associates you can imagine. Maybe the efficiency is not as in Korea, right? But uh, you also obviously have from the salary structure, is also slightly different. So you can also afford to have a bigger pool of colleagues than you have maybe in Korea. So it has really, really all its own dynamics and each of them, honestly, I I love each of the difference, the difference actually. I came just from Thailand before I came here. Perfect. Well then let me ask you this.
0: If you could take the best cultural hospitality strength from each country you've worked in and create your ultimate <laughs> template for
1: super Hosp- Hosp- hospitality. Yeah, Matthias'
0: hospitality <laughs> guidebook, what characteristics would you choose? It could be like the humbleness and attention to detail of the Japanese with the peacefulness of the ties. With the confidence and determination of the Koreans and the English level of the Singaporeans, for example.
1: <laughs> um, Sometimes may- Singaporeans are not easy to understand. <laughs> okay. Well, m- maybe I just answered my own question, but w- yeah, what's you, your- actually, you actually did. I think you, you did very well. You did very well. <laughs> I think in, if you say the Japanese, I think it's also the pride. You know, what I always fascinate is whatever everybody does has pride in what he does. He tries to do the best possible he can or she can. Uh, that's something which is in our industry extremely important. If your associate or your team member is not proud of what he does, it's impossible to get any any kind of quality, especially yeah. when you're in a luxury five-star uh, segment. Thailand, you mentioned, it's really just... it's. It's fun. It's I remember all these town hall meetings. They are so different in Thailand. Yeah. I had to dress up every month as something, you know, Town like, hall mean in the hotel or literally in the town? You know, in the hotel. Okay. So we have every yeah. month's town hall meeting. We have like we have 900 associates on property, so we had like 400, 300 to 400 each every month coming together and it, it is happening there. It is happening. It's music there and as a GM you have to dress up once I was Uh, in a Thai costume then another time was more like as a reindeer uh, closer to Christmas so it's fun it's it's really to the heart it's very uh, people driven yeah wait a minute I thought cosplay was more of a Japanese thing than a Thai thing (laughs) 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 no and uh, here in Japan uh, on a town hall meeting it's really the ladies and gentlemen they want to they want to learn something so they want to but not singled out right so Tell me something I learned, Good point. and then I want to go in there. I want to know what's happening, and then I go out. You can say very professional on one side, but sometimes I also try, how can we loosen up a little bit, right? Yeah. So we do now quiz and we award people when they raise their hands and say something and single themselves uh, singled out themselves. Mm-hmm. We try to encourage that a little bit, but I think it also takes time because it's based on trust, right? I think now I can see already more successful than the first three months when I arrived because... Like, what is he doing? Why Why are we doing this different now, right? These three words often
0: are interchangeable. Oh, they have great service. Oh, they have great hospitality. Oh, it's a great customer experience. In your mind, are all three of those words really interchangeable? Do they all mean the same thing? English is not my first language, so I would say yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> some yes. people say, claim that there's a big difference between service and hospitality.
1: Oh, service just yeah I would see I, I, could, I could see where that, that comes from. hospitality, obviously you're, you're, you're hosting someone so you you are you want to make you personally take care that someone enjoys the moment you're hosting them right Someone comes to your home, which I always take as an example right and services you is an exchange you give me money, I give you service even though I think in Japan service is often used as is free. Right, which was a bit confusing for me at mm-hmm. the beginning. But yeah, so hosting, I would then agree, hospitality is really you want to go beyond just service. Yeah. Service is a tra- kind of a transaction. How much of the hospitality part do you personally get into? Good question. And I love your question because we really focus here on apprentice. So on, on young ladies and gentlemen who just came out of school because also with the opening of the Shangri La Kyoto, we do need more talents, right? And I... And obviously, like everywhere in the world, you people are switching brands because they feel they can't get the development, or they don't have the the, the person on top is not moving, etc. And I'm a strong believer in really growing organically within. And even sometimes you think is a big step, the person you're not hundred percent sure. You know, I always say, when do you, did you know in my career, when did I know in my career when I was ready? You know, you, yeah. you never know if you don't try, right? I if you don't get the opportunity. And if you have the right attitude and, you are, and you're really passionate about what you do. Um, and I always say to my team, we don't send anybody to the moon. We don't rescue lives. How difficult can it be? I mean, back to your question regarding the, the, the training, etc. Yes. We do have um, always about 20 to 30 apprentices in the hotel and I take personally a strong engagement also with them like before they even arrive we send them a video message and then when they are here we, we from the first day they get a program for the next six months and then the other six months of what they do what they're going to achieve where we want them on the uh, after these 12 months it really does very well and I'm very passionate about it and 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 they're looking forward to that. They all want to learn. And obviously now with a second property coming along, they also see there is plenty of promotion opportunities. I always say to get promoted, you need uh, readiness means... uh, Readiness means... Opportunity. Opportunity, yeah. So now they only have to make sure they get ready. The opportunity will come for sure. I always thought that hospitality or true hospitality is kind of something that comes from the heart and it's individual. How do you teach that? I think that starts by the recruiting process. So you need to make sure you get the right, uh, the person with the right attitude and the right passion. Yeah. And because that's that's when guests come into the hotel, that's what they want to meet. That's what they want to see, right? And uh, so it starts by the recruiting process. You can't teach it really. You can create a motivating environment, but the key is really attitude and obviously the, the, the passion you just mentioned. Yeah. How much of the local
0: culture do you take into consideration when you teach service and hospitality? give you an example here. In Japanese culture, a lot of importance is placed on group, hierarchy, rules, harmony, but true hospitality is individual and it's empowered. So don't these two philosophies
1: contradict each other or conflict with each other? I think you need to always 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 to respect it always to consider it but at the end of the day you are in an international hotel or here we are in an Asian international hotel so we have Asian hospitality so it's slightly different than with the other brands you mentioned before what I want to say is the associates comes here because it is an international hotel the guest comes here because it is an international hotel so they're not looking for the the typical ryokan experience uh, then they will sure. go in a ryokan so point. i think it's important that we teach what's internationally uh, expected but again always respecting the local culture you don't want to you can't you can't go against the culture the culture sure. always wins that's a good point Explore
0: Japan in comfort and ease with Dream Drive. Rent a customized camper van to go camping, take nature hikes, relax at onsens, or just discover the many beautiful places less traveled around Japan. Dream Drive has various camper vans for solo travelers and families and is more affordable than trains and hotels as it's only one price per night. Go to dreamdrive.life to plan your next Japan adventure. Enter the coupon code ZEN and receive a sweet discount when making your customized camper van reservation. Dream Drive, the hotel on wheels. Uh, this is my free unsolicited business idea for you, Matthias.
1: Maybe you heard it. Yes. There was the candle goes with the, or the music goes with the, on Spotify goes with the dinner, right? <laughs> Let me get my pen and paper because you have good ideas. <laughs> you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pencil shop, I'm sitting down. Okay.
0: <laughs> this idea is the Shangri La World Cuisine Passport. There are 101 Shangri La hotels around the world. You select the top 10 restaurants out of all these hotels, which cover international cuisines like Chinese, Indian, Thai, Middle Eastern, French. That's the content. You choose the restaurants from the hotel groups. The Shangri-La World Cuisine Passport. Everyone who signs up gets a passport-like booklet. And each month, you hold a cuisine-themed dinner with the top recipes from the restaurant that's that month's hotel. And the chef from each restaurant would record a video introducing the cuisine and the menu. And the dishes would be made locally locally. But each guest gets a stamp at the end of the dinner on their, in their passport. And they get a little present from that international hotel that was featured that month. And it creates monthly content. It gets you exposure to your in-house dining. It advertises Shangri-La hotels around the world. And then at the end, for those guests that fill up their entire passport, that means they came to all the dinners probably they spend at least 100,000 yen, they get entered into a raffle where they can win a free night or a dinner or a spa treatment, something like that. You make it fun with a potential reward at the end. Could be a great Instagram exposure with the hashtag Shangri-La World Cuisine or make up your own hashtags to get the word out. That's my idea
1: love it and it's funny because I'm not sure if you've seen what we did just recently because obviously people cannot travel right so we have to I think it was the October issue we call it travel without traveling okay and it's exactly actually it's quite exactly what you said except the passports the passport stamp I didn't okay. think of that. So let me look how I can incorporate that. That's a, a good idea. So you're already doing it? We do it for we did it for the afternoon tea. The afternoon tea, we had four hotels, so not ten. So we, we start small. London, Paris, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. Each recipe, like what you said, from the chef, from typical, from that hotel. And that after was presented for the last three months was the afternoon tea. And uh, was a huge success. Then we brought the lobster bar. Which is one of the best 50 bars uh, in Asia. It's the Lobster Bar, is a bar in the Shangri La in Hong Kong Island. So we brought exactly that concept up here. The uniforms, the original Lobster Bar uniforms, the original recipes, the pa- the wallpaper. Actually, you can still see if you look down there, the blue light. Yeah. That's because we just finished last week. Oh. Uh, this is the wall. The wallpaper It's not the original one. That's the original from Hong Kong, and the blue light. So it really replicated the Lobster Bar experience here. No, but I don't have the passport. And the re- I think kind of the reward for loyalty, I like that aspect. Yeah. Which we have, we have the, the Golden Circle program. Yes. But that's a bit more in a fun way. hmm Definitely gave me there some f- food for thoughts, as we say. Yeah. Shangri-La Hotels in Japan. Currently, you have
0: one property. Yes. But soon, you will open Kyoto. So this. How exciting is
1: that? Super. I uh, Couldn't be more. Also, the location is right next to the castle. 80 rooms. I mean, we are now finalizing the room count. Really a boutique hotel. And I think it's really good for us because we have been in the market for 10 years. And I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to to give more than just one. And you see there's a lot of synergies. There's a lot of luxury hotels who have one hotel in Tokyo and one in Kyoto. And you can really right. see right. it's it creates a lot of synergy. And I think even more so because we are right in Tokyo Station. So I think. Perfect. It's, yeah. Door to door. Could, could not, yeah, couldn't ask for, for a better location. So right. super excited. When does it open? Plan is end of 2023. Oh. Okay. So I was just on the site last month. And uh, so they start now to take the, the ground off. But obviously they have to be very careful because it's right next to the castle. So if there are any, any relics or historical items. So, True. Yeah. So we hope in 2023 if everything goes well.
0: Great. Well, when that opens, let's have another episode of the podcast, and Part we'll talk two. about yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll talk about the Kyoto Shangri La. So they yes. say.
0: On the TripAdvisor Travelers' Choice Best of the Best 2020 Top 25 Hotels in Japan, the Shangri La Tokyo is ranked number eight. You beat out the Four Seasons Marunouchi and the Ritz-Carlton Tokyo. How much importance do you put on these surveys and what will it take you to become number one?
1: I think every guest's feedback is important and I don't differentiate too much where they come from. Uh, TripAdvisor, we have TrustYou, we have on Google. I think the fact is the guest wants to tells us something and we have to be always very... It's like you look in the mirror, right? And you have to be very critical and say, okay, where... And it's not about is he right or wrong. Is Why is he seeing it that way? If it's good, how can we do it always and do it maybe better? And if it's not good, how can we fix it? I think two, three years ago, it was in certain chains part of the ballon scorecard, the key, key performers. That has been gone. It lost a bit its... How should I say? It is still very, very important... But I think being all over and TripAdvisor first, I think that's wrong. But I also feel it's a very good indication. If I go on vacation or even when I go for an interview... I look at the twenty best comments and the twenty worst, and I kind of can see. Okay, that hotel has not enough elevators. That's just a fact, right? And especially hardware challenge. You can see the individual, the waiter was not nice, etc. These are these are emotional between two people didn't work out. Subjective. Yeah. So, but the hardware challenges and obviously location, and if you have a. Uh, close to an airport or a highway and there's noise in the window, etc. You you get the chist very quickly yeah. where challenges are. I always
0: like when you read some of the negative reviews on TripAdvisor and they said the weather was bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, we stayed there. It was a nice hotel, but we couldn't use the pool because the weather was bad. But it's interesting you say that. When you get to come in a resort, like I came from a resort, right? Then... Uh, you say, the weather is bad, but his comments are positive. They mean so much more. And then you have to say, okay, how were we able... 10 days rain, and the is one week in Puket, and he says this was the best vacation ever. What? There must be something really went superb well. And I think... So if someone says the weather is well, it's not about that I should have done a better weather, but I think it links you on his mood of whatever follows after.
0: Yeah, true. How much attention do you pay to TripAdvisor comments? Do you look at them weekly or daily or monthly? I mean, how does
1: that work? They all get, get filtered in in one system. To be honest, I'm not really looking if it's TripAdvisor or not TripAdvisor. I really, again, I'm looking at what's the guest feedback. Yeah. And yes, would I would I be happier if uh, we would be number one than number eight? Yes, but honestly, I sleep I sleep as good. I think the the hype is gone of advice itself, but it's definitely very important still. We have a lot of things to do on a dating, and you have to set priorities. And I think yep. each, again, each guest voice is as important and needs to be responded. Do guests leave a lot of comments? I mean, do you have a comment card here in the rooms? or It's ha- an online It's an online survey. Okay. So there's an opportunity while you're staying. You can, with a QR code, you can link in and you can make a comment. Or when you leave, you get a survey sent and you fill it out. And we have a very high ratio of, uh, of, of guests who give us their feedback and, and a lot of written comments. So you, there's a part where you can write in. And mm-hmm. again, it depends where the guest is from, right? And I have to say, I'm a, I, we get a lot of written comments from Japanese guests. And very good. Really, it helps us so much. We have made a lot of changes, especially since COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Because you make a lot of changes. They understand you made the changes. And they tell you if they like it or they don't like it. Uh, and then you tweak it accordingly afterwards. Okay. So, What comments make you the most proud to be doing what you're doing? The most proud, most, most proud I would say, if, we, if a comment came in and we see oh we have an issue, <laughs> a challenge... One of my colleagues makes a comment. Say, hey, we could do it like that. And someone else adds in a comment. So it's kind of a spiral. The, the process is, is developing. And then we have on the end, we have a solution, how we do it. Mm-hmm. We do it. We put it in. And then is afterwards comes another guest comment who points it out, how good that is. Oh. And I think this is for me just pure beauty because it shows a team effort First of all, it shows you take the guest serious. Secondly, you have a team effort. Someone came up with an idea, and not just one idea. It's like, it, it escalates up. And then on the end, you have a guest comment who says, hey, I saw you did this. This was actually really good. And a different guest, not the same. Right. Or if I may quick say, uh, there's an example. Now we're looking at the profit loss statement, right? And we say oh, utility all down because occupancy is not so high. You know, all good, all kind of in, in ratio. Mm-hmm. But the hot water, the boiler, uh, the boiler expenses are are same as last year. And like, how, how is that? Less occupancy. Yeah. So There's quite a substantial difference. And obviously the demographic change, is all Japanese, yes. And obviously Japan and then the engineering says, yeah, because the people use hot water. So in other words, they take a hot bath before they go to bed. Mm-hmm. And he says, we should do an on package. He said. And i my- like, love it yeah. and then the F&B says yeah with a sake afterwards and then the rooms uh, the person from Roos said yeah and we buy the right the, you know the Hinoki or how you call it Hinoki Hinoki right? the, hinoki, the, the, hinoki chair that, I love it let's do it and then uh, and I was pushing with the time yeah. we implemented two days ago we picked up nine reservations the first night and I have to say this is now the director of engineers package and I think this is the beauty and it also shows everybody that everybody has a part it is really a teamwork right Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't make that comment, we wouldn't have come up with the package. We wouldn't sell nine rooms. So it's it's very simple. Wow. And they must be motivated by that. You you give them the authority to make the decision. It's I think it's mutual motivation. Yeah. They, they motivate me too because I can see how, how engaged they are and how much joy there is behind.
0: Why do so many hotel general managers come from Switzerland?
1: I think if you had asked this question 20 years ago, I would have said, you're Right. I think uh, I heard, like, in Hong Kong 20, 20, 30 years ago, I think, like, 70% of the GMs there, uh, of the luxury hotel, were from Switzerland. I think it was, we have, we have always been, like, we're in the center of Europe, right? And people travel through us to go from the north to the south. And so we had, obviously, quite an extensive amount of hotels. And I think a lot of families with hotels who understand it. And then I think also the the schools. The schools made a good name. Um, Hospitality. Hospitality, the schools in Switzerland, yes. I think here in Tokyo we are three. Three. Oh really. <laughs> so there are not that many anymore out there. So but I'm happy you say that that there's still some out there. Switzerland
0: is most famous for watchmaking and banking. Yeah. Right? The the characteristics for those are like precision, attention to detail and discretion.
1: So okay, how we'll do you go from that to hospitality? But afterwards you said attention to detail yes. and precision, and I think that's like in a hotel, you, you must do that all the time. You know, you walk, you see a pillow, you put it straight, you see the flowers haven't been renewed since yesterday. You, This is just attention to detail, and you expect it to mm-hmm. be perfect. Yeah. And sometimes I always think, sometimes you go in a room and think, hey, everything is right. Why is that? And you don't know why, but you just feel comfortable it's right. And the reason is because all these things are in the right place. And that's, yeah. I think, why it's extremely crucial that the GM or mm-hmm. or any leader, or anyone working in the hospitality mm-hmm. has that flair mm-hmm. or the interest to get it right and do with everything does the best it can, yep. or seeing a light bulb being out, right? That's like, and actually sometimes it's funny because when I go in the store, you you can't switch it off. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes I walk in a restaurant, see a lady has a problem with the coat, I help her in the coat. My wife always has to say, "You darling, you're not working here, yeah. right?" So, but I think it's just in the DNA and. But I think the attention to detail is absolutely a must. And yeah. It's nice to hear that you appreciate that and obviously acknowledge that as well. Yeah. So, and I think yeah. that sometimes people don't. People don't see it. And well, well, it's one of those things that if it's done well, you don't notice it. Yeah. It's like the room, the perfect room, and you don't know why. It's yeah. just because everything is right. Right. You're right. You're but right. if there's something wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you notice. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No, fully agree. Earlier,
0: you were talking about the training. Part and you said about not singling people out. I'm curious, do, do Japanese guests, do they single out certain employees that have done something yeah. great? Americans tend to do that.
1: Oh, you know, Watanabe-san was wonderful. Yeah. Do
0: Japanese guests also do
1: that? that good comment, match less. They say great service, but they say less the name. It's interesting that you say, because I said yesterday, yeah, we get less names being dropped. When you nice.
0: do get the names, do you do anything special to
1: recognize yeah. what that employee it's did? like a point system. You get different points. And then after a quarter, or now we did it after six months, there is different, uh, like an award system. Yeah, so You get a dinner for two, or you get you get an afternoon tea or an overnight stay. or And obviously, the fun part is when you walk around and you say, hey, uh, good comments the other day. And you can see immediately, that's immediately recognition, right? Yep. Who is not motivated when you, your boss tells you, hey, well done. And even though you think, ah, oh, I do always a good, especially when you think you do always a good job and nobody sees it, right? Because you, I'm in the office and he's in the restaurant. Yep. But when you say, hey, well done, it's like, hey, it, it does matter again. Love it.
0: Is there anything that you would like to talk about? Something maybe that
1: I didn't mention? The thing I'm really enjoying it and it's funny the, as long as we go on the more we stay here it feels like there are more is to talk about it. Mm-hmm. or it realizes you know I always say when you, when you know your product when you can explain it to someone then you really know it right. and what I experience here is as we discuss it the example I bring is actually I realize just how, how lucky I am with, with the team the property and the place I am in and uh, this is a great place to be and uh, it's a great culture for a great great culture for for hospitality, and I hope uh, all the people who listen that they yeah. come and uh, get a get a get a taste or an example on overnight stay. So, but no, I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matthias. Thank Cheers, you.
1: Andrew. Thank you for your
0: time today, and. Your reputation as a great leader in hospitality has been reconfirmed tonight. (laughs) But thank you for your your input
1: and your insight, and I really appreciate that. So, Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Andrew. Really appreciate it.
0: And that was Matthias Sutter, a true veteran of hospitality. His passion and customer-focused attention to detail was really felt during our discussion. If you're searching for a staycation somewhere in Tokyo, check out the Shangri-La Hotel Tokyo. Conveniently located next to Tokyo Station, beautiful plush rooms and awesome restaurants and bars. Experience the incredible Japanese hospitality through one of the promotions Matthias just mentioned. Go to www.shangri-la.com and get ready for relaxation and bliss. Thank you for listening today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please leave a positive review or ranking wherever you consume your podcasts. Once again, Happy New Year and stay safe. Thanks, everybody.